everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I love to skip. It's really a great workout because what's amazing is as kids, we do it naturally, but as adults, we stop skipping. Today, I'm going to argue that children of God, you and me, should not stop skipping. I'm going to talk about the art of skipping. I'm going to talk about how important it is to make a hop, a skip, and a jump. A hop, boom. A skip, and a jump. Woo, wears me out. I was... I was thinking about that because it's so, so vital in our culture today as we live our lives to skip things. When you skip, you're in the air just for a while. And when you're in the air, you have a unique perspective. You can see things you normally wouldn't see. Then you hit the ground. And and when you land, the trick is you don't stay on the ground too long because you're skipping, right? You just skip. So same is true with hop, and same is true with a jump. We're always skipping. We're always skipping. We're always, if we're doing what I believe God wants us to do, skipping. We need to understand that we skip the superfluous and land on the significant. Because when we land on the significant, our lives will be magnificent. So if you want to understand what your priorities are, they're already written down in Scripture, in the Bible. If you're not a follower of Christ, if you want to read the best book ever penned on priorities, read this. And I always say, and sometimes people do the pushback, I always say that if you're praying about what your priorities should be, that's really a dumb prayer. Uh, I mean, you're wasting your time, you're wasting God's time because the priorities have already been set forth for all of us. So prioritizing your life is about skipping. I love to think about the children of Israel because back in the Old Testament, you've probably heard of the account before, The Israelites had been slaves in Egyptian bondage for hundreds of years. And it was a very difficult plight. It was a difficult situation that that they found themselves in. God picked someone to lead out, someone to, to be the head skipper because he is going to understand the importance of skipping. His name was Moses. And you've you've probably heard about Moses before. Moses walked into Pharaoh's office, the man of Egypt, the leader of Egypt, and basically said, let my people go. And he said, no. Then God rained 10 plagues on the Egyptians and these plagues pounded the people because of that and because of an act of God and many supernatural things. The children of Israel were free. They were emancipated. I want you to think in your mind 
Two million Israelites following Moses. Two million people. And this is the context of the whole situation, the context of skipping. Two million people who have just been freed up, they're following Moses. And God does this stuff like parting the Red Sea, feeding them from heaven, providing water from a rock, just, just crazy, crazy stuff. A cloud guided them in the day, fire by night, and these people complained. Isn't that, isn't that just how, how, how we are? We love to complain. We love to murmur. We love to, to go negative. God had given them a great vision, yet these people were like vision vandals. In, in, anytime someone has like a cool idea usually, or let's take this hill, or let's do this or that, or let's make that change, what happens? Well, I'm not sure we can do that, you know? We've never done that before, and that's where I've always sat, and we've always had things like that around our family, and, and yet we've always related as a husband and wife in that manner. Well, 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 we complain. We do the pushback. I don't know how Moses took it. I really don't, because in Exodus chapter 17, the Israelites, after seeing all of these supernatural acts of God, the Israelites face the Amalekites. Now, just bear with me during this history lesson. The Amalekites, they were some bad people. I mean, nasty people. They, they were, were, were horrible, demonic. They were the offspring of Esau, if you, if you do your research. And, and they attacked the Israelites, and the Israelites basically opened up a can on the Amalekites. Where do you think Moses was? Okay, think just for a second. Moses started out with the people. Then he got in front of the people. Then he got above the people. He was on this mountain watching the battle play out. His hands were lifted. Aaron and Hur, his armor bearers, were holding his hands in the air. As long as his hands were in the air, the Israelites were opening a can. The moment his hand began to fall, the Amalekites were winning. So these people helped him. They put rocks to, to, to keep his arms in the air. The Israelites defeated the Amalekites. <laughs> Moses was above the people on another level. So to think about skipping, he should have stayed on that level, but when you skip, you have to, you leap, but then you land. He landed back with the people. He should have continued to be with them for a little while, in front of them for a little while, above them for a little while, but what happened? He began to get stuck in the superfluous. He began to get caught in the mud and the mire. And it's really stunning. It's really hard to believe a guy like Moses, such a leader, such a difference maker, such a skipper in many ways, all of a sudden he gets caught. 
I don't care if you're a homemaker. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care if you're a coach or a teacher or a lawyer or a surgeon. I don't care if you're a student. We can make that same mistake. God is the God, we're gonna find out, of delegation. God delegated leadership to Moses. He's delegated leadership and influence to you. You might say to yourself, I'm not doing hardly a thing. I mean, what I'm doing, does it really matter? Am I really impacting anyone? The answer is a resounding yes, if you're a follower of Christ. Yes, 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 yes. Think about the essence of God. Think about God's personality. There's delegation within the personality of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that's the Trinity. God the Father delegated the salvation of the world to God the Son. God the Son delegated counsel, comfort, and conviction to God the Holy Spirit. They're equal in form, unique in function. You've got delegation in the very heart and soul of God. Moreover, you have delegation, as I just alluded to, in our lives. Then you've got delegation, or you could even say skipping, in the only institution that's analogous to God's relationship to his people, that of marriage. And I don't want to step on any toes or make anybody freak out, but there's delegation in marriage. Husbands delegate to their wives. Wives delegate to their husbands. One is not more important than the other. One is not superior, one is not inferior. They're equal in form, unique in function. This plays out in the church, plays out in companies, plays out in parenting. What is parenting? Parenting is skipping. It's landing on certain things, leaping over others. It's priorities, it's delegation, delegation. Moses, I, I can't even believe this, Moses was stuck in the depths of a delegation frustration. The guy, the guy couldn't move, he couldn't get out because when he skipped off of that mountain, after that massive victory, he got stuck. Now, 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 now think about this. Go back to the children of Israel. They are camped at the base of Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments haven't been given yet. They're resting. It's almost like, wow, we, it's, it's crazy what's happened. Everybody's looking back going, whoa, whoa, man, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. So we find Moses in a tent. Now, tents back then, to give you a history lesson, were made of goat or camel's fur. Literally, animal skins were, were the floor. Moses had the the big house on the cul-de-sac. And the Bible says that his father-in-law came to visit. It's kind of interesting when your father-in-law, those of us who are married, comes to visit. Is it not? I mean, your father-in-law is in town. The in-laws are here. 
It adds some pressure. Don't act like it doesn't. I know, I know, I know. Things are different when the in-laws show up. So Jethro, don't you love that name? Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, and Jethro was the priest of Midian. He was a, a pagan priest. And Moses spent 40 years, think about this, guys, four decades working, toiling in the desert for Jethro. Jethro. So they had this relationship. So Jethro shows up with the family and, and, and he'd already heard about all these amazing things that God had done. So, so he is in the process, I believe, of giving his life to the Lord because he began to go, whoa, Moses, this is, this is just amazing what God is doing. God is truly the one and true God. The Bible says when Moses saw him, he bowed to him and kissed him. I'm not saying we do that when we see our in-laws, but that's what Moses did. And, and then it, I think it says something very profound. It says that, that Moses shared with him everything God had been doing. He just shared with him, and, and the Bible says, the good things that God had done and was doing. Who do you have in your life that you can share the good things of what God is doing? That list can't be long. We can't advertise that. We can't post about that. We can't go on Instagram or, or Snapchat or Instagram Live or Facebook or, or, or all, the other, all the other social media mediums and just tell everybody these intimate details. We do, though, have to have some people in our lives that we can share with regarding what God has done. The reason Fellowship Church grows smaller as it grows larger is that very reason. That's why if you're not involved in a small group, if you're not serving somewhere, you're missing out. Because the greatest relationships that you can imagine are for you right here at Fellowship. Whether you're here or at one of our many locations, and you indeed can share with, with, with the Jethro's that you meet. So, so, so Jethro, and you know what I love about Jethro too? He applauded Moses. He could have easily been jealous. You know, sometimes we all struggle, I know I do, with envy and jealousy. Someone will Will, will, will do something great or someone will get a windfall or someone will have this opportunity and, and we go, wow, you know, might as well be me. Jealousy, envy. I love Jethro because Jethro celebrated Mo. Jethro celebrated Mo. And because he celebrated Mo, he gave Mo the momentum that he needed. Moses' momentum stopped in the desert. It stopped at the base of Mount Sinai. He had this momentum from God. Uh, everything 
was, was, was going well. He was in the flow. Suddenly though, when he jumped off that mountain after the Amalekite got, got just jammed by the Israelites, he stopped his mo. We've got to have momentum. The people in our lives, the Jethro's in our lives will give us momentum. And Jethro said, Moses, this is amazing what God is doing. Good for you. Great for you. It's so important that we have friends that aren't sad over our successes, that aren't a fan of our failures, which many people are, but it's important to have friends who celebrate. Pretty much everybody can empathize. Something bad happens, oh, I'm so sorry. Man, that's terrible. Oh no. That's easy. And sometimes we think, oh, she sympathized with me. He empathized with me. That means they must be the right they. No. The right they will always have something to say when you do something great. When God uses you in a wonderful way. Who, who really celebrates with you? That, that is the right they. That's the right they. That's my love, this 12-step this group called Celebrate Recovery. I like that. We're celebrating the recovery, whether it be with substance abuse, whether it be with a hurtful habit or whatever it is. We should celebrate one another. Learn to celebrate. At the C3 conference, Pastor Jadon George was one of our guests, and Jadon George, for 27 years, has been one of the fellowship's biggest cheerleaders. He's pastored one of the biggest churches anywhere right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, yet he's always, always celebrated what God has done at fellowship. So as I was thinking and praying about, who do I invite to fellowship? I thought about Jadon George. He's 80 years old. Well, people who have a lot of experience, we're gonna find out, give the best advice. Let me say that again. And I'm gonna talk about that next time. People that have been there, people that have a lot of skins on the wall, give the best advice. So we're gonna find out that Moses not only receives a celebration of, of Jethro, but also, and I love this, he receives the critique of Jethro as well. And you know Moses had it going on if he's receiving critique from his father-in-law. Wow, wow. So, so you see how everything is happening. You see the relationship between Moses and Jethro. You see it developing after decades. God using Moses in a magnificent way. He's just skipping and he's leading two million Israelites to the promised land. These people, I'm just gonna be flat out and just, just, just totally honest with you, they were some of the whiniest, most negative, in a lot of ways, pitiful group of people imaginable. I'm, I mean, I mean th these people were trolls, they were haters, one little thing didn't go their way. In fact, 
before this whole scenario happened, they thought about stoning Moses. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about killing him. (laughs) Killing him. Just because they didn't have enough water. Just because they got tired of bread, manna from heaven. Just because they got tired of quail burgers. Just because it was too hot. And they began to even say, oh, I wish we were back in slavery. So what happens? Whenever you're a skipper, you're going to have people that attack you. You're going to have people that don't celebrate, but people that hate. And Moses went through this. So Jethro and Moses meet. They greet each other. They have this time of worship. Moses tells Jethro, hey, here is what God has been doing. Jethro says, yea, God. I believe Jethro has a has a transformational experience with the Lord. They spend the night in this beautiful tent. They wake up the next morning and here is where everything goes cray cray. Because you would think, oh, Moses, he was on top of the mountain, leading, watching his boys take out the Amalekites. Surely he wouldn't get stuck in the mire and the mud of of the mundane. Surely he wouldn't miss doing what God had called him to do. Surely he wouldn't get off track. Surely he wouldn't read the comment section online. Surely he wouldn't respond to all the critics. Surely he wouldn't say, well, I I want people to like me. Moses, come on, Moses, you're a leader. You're gonna do that? Now, In verse 13, Exodus chapter 18, the next day, after being reunited with his father-in-law, after giving his father-in-law the bro hug and the bro kiss, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till night. That is so sad because Moses, let's say it again, was sucked into the superfluous, messed up in the mundane, trying to be the man for all situations. A temptation that all of us have. Again, you're a homemaker, think about the mom. You're like, this doesn't relate to me. Are you kidding me? You're a leader, you're an influencer. And maybe mom, you're not skipping enough because a lot of moms say, like Arnold, get to the chopper. You are helicoptering your kids. Not really delegating to them, not giving them responsibility, not giving them some freedom, some rope to go, okay, do what God has called you to do. Because the goal of parenting is teaching and training your kids to leave, to individuate. Now, I understand once a parent, always a parent, but I'm going to challenge you in this series, moms, to think about what do you skip? What do you land on? What do you leap over? Because skipping takes rhythm. Skipping takes focus. Skipping takes muscle. Skipping is about cardio 
are you skipping? Moses wasn't skipping. Moses, how about some leader skip, brother? No leader skip, no leader skip. And in verse 14, his father-in-law Jethro, when he saw what Moses was doing, you know what Moses was doing? He plopped his rear, and you know you're, you know you're not doing what God wants you to do when you're sitting around all day. Verse 13, he was just sitting there. People lined up, people waiting in line to do what? To tell Moses their complaints, to speak whinies to him, to complain to him, to tell him this or that, to tell him what was wrong with the situation to complain about the food, the what, whatever. They were just complaining, 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 complaining. And then Jethro looks at Moses and goes, what you're doing isn't good. We might say, what? Or we might say, Moses, what you're doing is stupid. It was that strong. Jethro's like, what? Yeah. You are the leader of two million people and now you have sunk into the superfluous to such a degree that you're sitting on your butt all day listening to all this crapla, all this junk, all this drama. You're wasting time, Mo. You've ruined the momentum. And these two questions, these are critical questions that Jethro just, 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 just lobs to Moses. I love them. And these questions are simple, yet they are so, so profound. Because leadership, I'm talking about in marriage. Leadership, I'm talking about on the team. Leadership in church. Leadership in any venue is taking people not where they want to go, but where they need to go. And what was Moses doing? Moses was subjecting himself to all of the wants and the whims and the whiners of these, of these people. Pathetic, Moses. But look, God always brings someone into our lives when we're screwing up. Isn't that true? Always, always, always. There's somebody there. There's a Jethro. And it's my prayer that this series will be a a jolt of Jethro to you. Skip over the superfluous and land on the significant. Only do what only you can do. And here are the questions to ask yourself. Here's what Jethro asked Moses. What are you doing? Basically he says, what is this you're doing for the people? Ask yourself that question every day. What am I doing? Now again, if you're not a believer, listen up, but, but this is really specifically for believers and also for those who were not yet Christ followers. Just, just what, what are you doing? What is the meaning of life? What, what is it that you do? What is it that you do? What? Critical question. Then the next question. Why do you alone sit as judge? Why? You're by yourself? Christianity is not a solo sport. That's why we're to be a part of the body of Christ. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? So simple, so basic, so 
rudimentary. Yet, for a long time in the leadership scheme that God has called me to at Fellowship, we've asked ourselves questions like that. I've asked myself that question. And what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Scary questions. There are over 2,400 questions in the Bible. And so many of us don't ask enough questions. Why? Number one, pride. Pride. If I ask a question, that means I don't know it all. And, and, and I'm, 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 I'm talking especially to the testosterone crowd here. Oh, I can't ask a question because I'm the man. And then right behind that, fear. Oh, I, 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 man, I'm fearful to ask that because if I ask that, that might mean I've got to change something in my life. So we go around silent, missing the beauty and the power of the question. Because when I ask a question, I'm always seeking knowledge. I'm always seeking knowledge. And most of us are just two or three questions away from a breakthrough. Let me say that again. We're two or three questions away from a breakthrough. Ask questions. You can, you can always learn, no matter who you're talking to, about about just asking them questions. I know a lot about fishing. I don't know everything, but I know a lot. I've never talked to an angler who has outdumbed me. I always outdumb anglers. Why? Am I being, you know, deceptive? No. I'm not going to brag about my knowledge. I tell myself, Ed, shut up. You might learn something from someone that fishes with a cane pole in a little river as opposed to fly fishing for tarpon. So don't act like, oh, I can't learn from him. I can't learn from her. Oh, we can learn from everyone. Ask yourself in your prayer life, God, I mean, I mean what am I doing? Why am I doing this? So I think these questions are so liberating, so penetrating. You're in a marriage, ask people who have more experience than you, that you respect questions. You're in a parenting dilemma, ask people, your age and others, people who've gone through similar circumstances, I gotta ask you a question. Whatever it is, ask the right people, the right questions to get the right answers. Now, next time, I gotta, I gotta stop now. We are gonna find out what happens when we seriously start skipping. And we're gonna find out the finer points of skipping. So I want you just to think about this and to pray about this and to say, Lord, I'm ready to skip. I'm ready to skip, to skip over. Wow, I was up high on that one. <laughs> the superfluous and land on the significant. Let's do it. Father, thank you so much for your word. And I thank you for the fact that all of us are leaders. And I pray that we involve ourselves in leader skip. 
God, right now, show us what to land on. Show us what to skip over. And may we do what you want us to do in every realm and in every facet of our lives. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.